Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Hi, you're listening to Great Woman in Compliance on the Compliance Podcast Network with Mary Shirley and Samantha Sinclair. Samantha, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. So I've been working in compliance for three years now for Xenius Medical Care. When I first started, I was just a junior compliance officer. And as of December this year, I will be changing roles to becoming the regional communications and operations officer. So I largely produce all of the trainings and communications in the AP region. And I've also just rolled out the Global Clinic Compliance Training Pack. Fantastic. And what Samantha didn't mention is that she used to work on my team in Asia Pacific and really great young rising star in the business. Samantha, congratulations on being shortlisted at the Women in Compliance Awards this year for Junior Compliance Officer of the Year. What are your tips for women starting out in the profession to stand out? Oh, thank you. So I've always been particularly lucky, I think. We're at my company, a large proportion of the LCOs and even our regional team have been women, despite I find compliance as a whole being quite male-oriented. So I think for women starting in this profession, it's extremely important to be proactive. I know that that was something that you always taught me when I was starting. So always ask questions if you're not sure and do as much research as you can into the industry that you're working in and the company you work for as well. Every industry differs, especially in terms of the regulations. And I think it's just super important to know what it is that affects your company. I want to say that's great advice, although that sounds a bit self-congratulatory given that I gave you one of those pieces. But I think everything you said sounds very sensible and certainly industry agnostic. It works no matter if you're in healthcare like us or any other area as well. Millennials often face the challenges of stereotypes in the office. What are your observations of being in that group of staff? Yeah, so I thought that this was a really tough subject area. I'm not going to lie. So I think a couple of Typical stereotypes of being a millennial in relation to work are that they lack loyalty or are entitled and can't take criticism. So as you can tell, these aren't overly positive attributes that I think one would like to be associated to. I think as my company has a lot more millennials now than when I first joined, especially within the compliance department, I guess I can sometimes see where some of those stereotypical aspects may come from. However, I think this all stems from how you manage your millennial staff. But the thing about stereotypes is that it only comes when people believe them to be true. And I think in my office place, perhaps because as a whole, our team gets on very well and a large proportion of us are millennials. We don't suffer the stigma of being in that category as much as, say, other people in younger companies. So despite all of the negatives... I think we do have a lot of positives too, which perhaps the older generations aren't as good at, such as we're very tech savvy, I think, concise. And I think we're known for being better multitaskers, women even more so. Interesting one. Thanks, Samantha. 
And I think one of the positives that's come out of your observations there is that when I started out in the business a few years ago, the company noticed that when looking at the demographics of some of the staff, we had sort of smaller proportions of numbers of staff who were under 30. So the fact that you have recognized that the younger workforce or the less experienced members of the team has grown is I think a really positive. We know from studies that diversity is very positive in business. So that's wonderful to see that the efforts that have gone out in the business have really started to make a difference. What are your tips for working with millennials? I think learning how to work with and manage millennials in companies is extremely important. So I think you raise a really good question here. But how you manage them, especially if they're just starting out, shapes them into becoming, I think, the employee that you want them to be in the future. So in order to let millennials thrive in a company, I think it's best to show them that you value them. I know that this is one area in particular that I've always particularly cherished and I felt that working with you in the past, you always completely valued me and you completely shaped me into how I I think I perform as a compliance officer now. So I think millennials tend to appreciate recognition and being able to use their skill set from day one, which is, again, something that you always helped me to do. We're generally an enthusiastic slash passionate group of people. So I think allowing us the freedom to be able to work on projects to the best of our ability instead of using the micromanaging approach, I think also helps them and and your team to reach their full potential. But being approachable as a manager and available and allowing them to be involved, allowing millennials to be involved in decision-making processes, especially in relation to new technology, are also great ways to work effectively, I think, with millennials. I think that's great. And we didn't rehearse this interview at all. So I'm really touched by the positive feedback that you just gave, Samantha. Thank you. And I think you're right. It can be very tempting to be a person who just gives directions as a hiring manager, when in fact, it can be incredibly fruitful to ask, you know, someone who's even on day one, their thoughts on a project or a situation or their inclinations for how they might want to handle something. What are the obstacles that they can see? I think by using questions and making people feel involved, no matter what level, is a really great technique for collaborating in business. In what ways can mentors counsel and advise millennial women in compliance to really add value to their career advancement? Well, I think mentors can really add value by giving directions and clear expectations as to what is expected of them without hindering, I think, their creativity and positive attributes that make millennials the way they are. So I think speaking with millennials and women in general on an equal level where there's just mutual respect and value, I think, are also great traits to have. Mentors help to somewhat shape the employee they're mentoring. So like I said, what you did with me before, I think you've always helped to shape me into becoming the type of compliance officer that I am today. So being able to highlight the mentee's strengths, I say, and guide them on the right path and how they can apply those strengths in everyday work tasks, I think is also very important. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And what does the modern day junior employee look for in a mentor? What are the attributes that you're looking for to be inspired, be coached and be advised? 
So a mentor to me provides positive feedback and guides you down the right path. I think they look out for you in the sense of being able to see opportunities that you wouldn't be able to see yourself. They provide their real life examples and experiences of what they did to reach the level they are at and always teach you the ways in which you can add value to the company that you're working for. I think a mentor needs to be able to show extreme enthusiasm in their profession too. Otherwise, it seems almost counterproductive trying to encourage a mentee to be passionate about their role as well. A good mentor to me should also feel invested in the success of the mentee and should therefore possess, I think, compassion as well. I also value a mentor's willingness to learn and grow themselves in their profession. And I think that's something that you've always shown me is very important. And I see that you're constantly trying to learn and grow. And I think it rubs off on anyone that you're trying to mentor. So I think that I, I always admire a characteristic trait like that. But I think it's all very well asking, you know, me what I value in a mentor. But I think it's a two-way thing. I think there needs to be a good mentor-mentee relationship. So you can't be an effective mentor without being willing to also be, I think, a good mentee, if that makes sense. I think that's right. So part of the guiding process is being able to give some feedback as to gaps that you think would be helpful for the mentee to know about and help lead them on that track. Samantha, you've been in compliance for a couple of years now. At this two-year in review mark, what's something that you wish you had known two years ago when stepping into the discipline? I can't believe how quickly it's flown by. But I really wish that, I think looking back in hindsight, that I knew a lot more about the way in which compliance affects a company. I suppose when I first started out, you hear about compliance, but it's not until I think you actually are working in compliance that you really realize just how many different areas there are. I wish I kind of spoke out a little bit more and asked for opportunities related to other areas of compliance that I only started to understand at a later date. But as a whole, I think I was very lucky and fortunate as I had a great first boss who I think taught me a lot. So, yeah. I'd just like to comment that Samantha has not been paid for this interview. So yeah, thinking now, that would be very, very uh, complimentary. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you to never apologize for that. <laughs> thinking about the future, Samantha. So my dream job would be Chief Compliance Officer at the Mandarin Hotel Group. What's your aspirational career goal? So I know this sounds really odd, but I've always thought that working in an organization such as ICAC, which stands for the Independent Commission Against Corruption in Hong Kong, would be really fascinating and interesting, especially because my, so my father used to be a policeman in Hong Kong and he'd tell me all these crazy stories of all this corruption that would happen in Hong Kong, I think back in the day. And I've always thought I'd love to work in an organization which tries to combat this as much as possible. So, yeah, compliance in the medical industry is where I'm starting, but you never know. I don't think it's odd at all. I started working out at at Regulators to kick off my career. So I definitely think it's a great place to be and to get that across the fence experience 
And, you know, mentioning the Hong Kong police force is one of my favorite compliance success stories. So for those of you who aren't aware, back in the 1970s, the Hong Kong police force was known for being incredibly corrupt. And there was a really big push to ensure that they cleaned up their act and they're now known as being one of the cleanest police forces in the world. So certainly worth reading up on and learning a little bit more about that. And I love using that in my training sessions in Hong Kong because it is something that a lot of people can relate to because of the reputation that the police force had at the time. Well, Samantha, thank you so much. That's all the time that we have today and congratulations on all of your early success. Some of the stereotypes about millennials being jumpy in their job roles can be combated by knowing a little bit more about what motivates them. The Great Place to Work research on millennials and loyalty finds that when millennials believe their company has a high trust culture, they're more than 22 times more likely to want to work there for a long time. Compare this with Gen Xs who are only 16 times more likely to stay and baby boomers only 13 times more likely. So this is just more evidence that a culture of integrity can only be beneficial for your business. It also means that millennials shouldn't be dismissed for lacking loyalty and wanting to move on to the next big thing. As Samantha indicated, hiring managers and colleagues that the rest of us are, who aren't in, in the millennial group, a lot of responsibility lies with us to make the workplace a pleasant and engaging experience for our millennial colleagues. If we're creating a wonderful work experience, why would anyone be motivated to leave? Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.